The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that shines a light on the darkest corners of human history. I'm Gabe Lusier, and in this episode, we're kicking off our annual Halloween week with a look at the life and death of Dutch Schultz, a trigger-happy mobster whose own deathbed musings left a surprising mark on the literary world. As a warning, today's episode contains descriptions of human suffering and violence, which some listeners may find disturbing. The day was October 23, 1935. American gangster Dutch Schultz was ambushed at the Palace Chop House in Newark, New Jersey. Two unidentified gunmen stormed the restaurant that night and proceeded to mow down Schultz and three of his closest mob associates. The badly wounded gangsters survived the attack and were rushed to a nearby hospital, but by the following evening, all four of them were dead. The event quickly became known as the Chop House Massacre, one of the bloodiest killings in the history of organized crime. Dutch Schultz was born on August 6, 1902, in a Bronx slum of New York City. His birth name was Arthur Flagenheimer, and he was the son of Jewish immigrants from Germany. His father walked out on the family when Schultz was in his early teens. Not long after, Schultz dropped out of school and started working odd jobs to support his mother. He soon realized that crime was a much more efficient way to make ends meet, so he joined a gang and started pulling robberies. He was arrested for burglary at age 17 and served a year and a half in prison for the crime, the only time he would spend behind bars in his entire life. Upon his release, Schultz returned to his gang and began demonstrating the short temper and penchant for violence that earned him his nickname. The original Dutch Schultz was a deceased local gangster who had been known to kill for no reason at all, a proclivity that Arthur Flagenheimer seemed to share. 
In the 1920s, when Prohibition was in full swing, Schultz became a prominent bootlegger, smuggling liquor from Canada to New York City and brewing his own beer. He formed a gang of his own with fellow criminal Joey Noy, and together they made a fortune selling illicit booze all over the Bronx, sometimes raking in as much as $20 million a year. One of Schultz's most lucrative rackets was intimidating local bars into buying huge supplies of his product. And if an owner refused, Schultz was just as happy to call in one of his hundred hired guns to make them pay in a different way. His reputation for shaking down bar owners and issuing bloody ultimatums soon earned him another nickname, the Beer Baron of the Bronx. By the early 1930s, the Prohibition era was drawing to a close, and Schultz had expanded his operation to include policy rackets, a form of illegal gambling. In 1933, he was charged with tax evasion, the same offense that had brought down Al Capone just two years earlier. Schultz eventually stood trial twice, but he beat the rap in both cases thanks to some first-rate jury tampering. The gangster tried to return to business as usual, but other New York mobsters, including Lucky Luciano, had moved in on his territory during his absence. In 1935, the Dutchman was forced to move his operation across the Hudson River to New Jersey eventually setting up shop in the Robert Treat Hotel in Newark. That same year, he was hit with yet another indictment for tax evasion, and this time, the feds aimed to make it stick. The walls were closing in on Dutch Schultz, and he was beginning to feel the pinch. In his desperation, the gangster hatched a scheme to bump off Thomas E. Dewey, the special prosecutor assigned to his case. He called a meeting with the other major figures in organized crime and demanded they help him with the murder. Schultz argued that if Dewey was allowed to live, it was only a matter of time before he started targeting their own illegal operations. However, the syndicate was unconvinced. They viewed Schultz as a holdover from a more reckless era of New York crime. And now that the mob had grown more methodical, loose cannons like him had become a liability. The other leaders refused to sign off on Dewey's murder for fear that it would put too much heat on the rest of them. But since they couldn't trust Schultz to not act on his own, they decided to have him killed instead. The Dutchman made it fairly easy for them, too, as he stuck to a regular routine of almost nightly meetings at the Palace Chop House on Park Street. The restaurant and tavern was right around the corner from his hotel headquarters in Newark, and Schultz liked to have dinner there while reviewing the day's receipts. The evening of October 23rd proved no exception. Schultz spent several hours at the chop house talking business with his three most trusted associates, his right-hand man, Abe Landau, his accountant, Otto Berman, and his chauffeur and bodyguard, Bernard Rosencrantz. According to the chop house bartender, two men entered the restaurant a little after 10 p.m., then they drew their guns and headed straight for the back room where Schultz was holding court. They shot Landau, Berman, and Rosencrantz in quick succession and then found Schultz washing his hands in the bathroom. One of the gunmen shot him multiple times in the stomach and then made a beeline for the exit. Amazingly, the four wounded gangsters were still alive when the police arrived, but once they were taken to the Newark City Hospital, they began to succumb to their injuries one by one. The death of Dutch Schultz, in particular, was painful and slow. The wound in his abdomen caused internal bleeding and quickly became infected by the rust-coated bullet lodged inside it. 
police remained by his bedside throughout the night, drilling him for information on the shooting, but Schultz refused to say who had shot him or why. He wound up taking that secret to the grave, but investigators would later ID Charles the Bug Workman and Emmanuel Mendy Weiss as the ones who pulled the triggers. Schultz's condition worsened through the night and into the next day. He contracted a high fever and began drifting in and out of consciousness. Then, in the grips of delirium, he began to babble in strange, disjointed sentences. A police stenographer was brought in to record these rantings in the hope they might provide insight on the shooting or on Schultz's other criminal activities. What the authorities got instead was page after page of seeming nonsense. Cryptic phrases like, the glove will fit what I say, French-Canadian bean soup, and oh, oh, dog biscuit. Those dreamlike ramblings were of no use to the police, but they later became a subject of fascination for several avant-garde authors of the Beat Generation. William S. Burroughs, for example, wrote an unproduced screenplay inspired by the dying gangster's stream-of-consciousness prose. It was called The Last Words of Dutch Schultz, and a recording of the stenographer's transcript was meant to play throughout the film as the soundtrack. As for Schultz himself, he clung to life for 22 hours and then slipped into a coma and died at the age of 33. His body was buried at a cemetery in Hawthorne, New York, and while the headstone bears no inscription, a fitting epitaph was supplied just a few hours prior to his death. It arrived at the Newark Hospital in the form of a telegram sent by rival crime boss Stephanie St. Clair. Echoing a proverb plucked from the Bible, it delivered a harsh truth to a man who had reveled in needless bloodshed. As ye sow, so shall ye reap. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHC Show. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way by writing to this day at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another spooky day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.